Hey guys, this is Evan with the Lucky 10,000, prefacing this episode to tell you, uh, first of all, thanks for listening, and secondly, uh, this episode is about black holes, and I feel like it turned out really well, we had a lot of fun with it, but um, it doesn't last quite as long as our normal episodes do, and I don't know, I don't really want to be a stickler for length, but I've kind of always enjoyed having podcasts that approach around an hour or so, and also I kind of felt a little unbalanced on this one, a little flighty, if you would. Um, you'll be hearing that flip flip paper sound a lot on this episode because my notes are not organized. So I thought, well, what can we do to pad the length a little bit? Well, um, we recorded some promos for the other podcasts on our network. That would be the Bearded Ones Comedy Podcast and Teddy and the Bassman. I thought it would be fun to include those plus the outtakes uh, while we were trying to record them. And also on my other podcast, The Bearded Ones, we used to do this thing. I did this thing once or twice that I would call a Palpy's Diary. It was basically uh, just a comedic attempt at what it'd be like if Emperor Palpatine had his own recorded diary. And mm, it didn't really last too long on the bearded ones um, I don't think it I don't know if it fit the show but hey since this one's about astrophysics and space and stuff why not I'll throw one of those in too so when you get to the end of the episode listen through the ending episode music and you will hear uh, the extra stuff thanks I hope you got lucky tonight you are a part of the lucky 10,000 with your hosts Evan and Emily Season 2, Astrophysics. Hey guys! Hi y'all! This is Evan. This is Emily. And we are the Lucky 10,000, the podcast that gets you luckier than talking about giant holes on Valentine's Day. No. Happy Valentine's Day, Emily. Oh, happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, we're we're behind because we record this a week in the past from when you're listening to it. Yes. So our... Our episode about the Big Bang Bang came out on Valentine's Day. How appropriate. Yeah. Big Bang on Valentine's Day. Yeah. And now black holes on, you know, that. I can't believe I didn't make that association when I posted about the Big Bang. Get a Big Bang. Go back and edit it. Can you? You know what? Let's just pretend that we always had that idea because that's kind of clever. Oh, perfect. Yeah, we meant to do that. Yeah, the Big Bang. We we changed the schedule so we talked about the Big Bang on Valentine's Day. So, yeah. So, we would like to thank Stitcher and Podbean for having us. Also, the Tangent Bound Network for adding us to their list of awesome shows. The Bearded Pods Network, obviously, featuring not only us, but Teddy and the Baseman and the Bearded Ones Podcast, also featuring myself. Uh, if you want to email us, we would be we would love to hear from you. Lucky10,000 at Gmail, underscore, excuse me, at Lucky underscore 10K on Twitter. And if you give us a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes, and or iTunes, we will read them on the air, regardless of what you say. Also, check out our Facebook group page, Lucky10,000. Emily, how you doing? I'm doing great. Have we gotten any five-star reviews, Evan? No. Evan, come Don't on, worry, the popularity, the popularity of the show will increase, but we do have a listener email. Should we, should we read the listener email? What if, we, what if we shouldn't? What if it's like hate mail? Evan can't do this. This is from. No, don't say that. She's gonna get hate mail. <laughs> oh, you're you right. You can't just give out people. De- delete that. Edit that yeah, out. You're probably right. This is from phone number eight six four. Oh my gosh, Evan. <laughs> uh, the title of this email is "I Love Science." <gasps> You guys saw string theory sometimes like I do, and also taking a view from another perspective. I have files on the subject. 
Glad you got around to Ed Witten. Ed Witten. Hey, how you guys doing? He's your Ed favorite. Witten. And I love string theory. Uh, he is supposedly the most knowledgeable person in the field. That's for all the other. Thanks for all the other names. Strings with different frequencies that are actually identified as different particles is a fascinating postulation. Postulation. Ooh, smarter than us. Yeah. Makes me think of the particle wave theory. Speaking of that, I would love for you to talk about the quantum consciousness theory put forward by Hammeroff and Penrose, which sounds like some sort of 18th century English detective duo. Ooh, yes. We found a body in Whitechapel. Who are we going to call? Amaral and Penrose. That's perfect. Um, it has to do with consciousness arising in the brain at the quantum level that has nothing to do with neurons and synapses, so it's separate from the physical and survives after the death of the owner of the brain. I have heard of this. I never have. There was, a, I think it's a reasonably recent discovery where there are some astrophysicists, physicists, oh, look at that, Champ's actually coming out while you're here, he uh, that... They do think, we, we kind of talked about it a little, but I didn't get into the theory because I didn't really re research the theory, but that uh, it's it was sort of like the graviton going onto another plane of existence. Oh. That there could they, they could be percepti perceptible uh, uh, neurons or pieces of our quote-unquote consciousness, because you can't really see consciousness, but you can see what you think makes consciousness, yeah. that leave the body at death and possibly go on to other universes. Oh, wow. I think it's very theorized right now, but I was actually just talking about this the other day with someone. I could see it being a thing. Crossover into another membrane? Yeah. Why not? Jump Why a brain. not? Well, Your brain. Yeah. Jumping a brain. Yeah. Well, speaking of brains, I got... Uh, in the middle of my ears is just a big old hole, a big old nothing, That's a big not old true. thing that just sucks in everything that gets near it. Well, that part's kind of true. <laughs> You're so weird. I know. Anyway, we're talking about black holes, y'all. We sure are. So, Evan. Yeah. Do you? I have a little like definition of a black hole. Oh, please let me hear it. Okay. Black holes. Well, it's, I guess it's not really a definition. It's just kind of like my intro to what these things are. Yeah. But. They are the only objects in the universe mm -hmm. that can trap light yes. by sheer gravitational yes. force. That's amazing. Like, they're so strong gravitationally. They're yeah. just like, oh, you know what? I'm going to like have light come into me. Yeah. Like, and we it, don't experience that at all. No, no. It's And that's why it's so hard to, to find them and to see. I always thought the black holes were very commonly accepted area of astrophysics, astronomy, all that stuff. And in my research, I found that it actually hasn't been that accepted until recently, reasonably oh, really? recently. Theorized about for a while. Oh. In fact, the first person... That sound cue kills me. <laughs> you like it? I, I love like it. it too. Uh, it's, it came out so perfectly. It was a perfect sound you cue. You would think it was like this heavily produced thing. Uh, there's a man named John Mitchell in the 18th century, who, uh, he he basically came up with the calculation, and also, being Black History Month, this is a great time for this, he was African American. Yay, 
Black History Month. Yeah, not very credited. And who, who's, did you hear of John Mitchell before I just mentioned it? Nope. I hadn't, but now you guys have. He was the first person to theorize about black holes, and he was African American. Amazing. So he deserves a lot of credit. Do you know what year that was? Um, I don't. It was in the 18th century. That's oh, all I know. Nice. Um. But yeah, I'm sure you could look him up. I'm sure you could easily find him. I'm going to Google it. But he basically sort of piggybacking on some of the stuff Einstein had said, started to theorize about what he called dark stars. (gasps) That uh, that eventually became the theory of black holes. But there were a lot of people, a lot of really well-known people, that weren't quite so sure that black mm. holes were even a thing, including one Mr. Stephen Hawking. No way. To the point. Stephen Hawking? To the point where uh, Stephen Hawking actually made a bet with another astrophysicist. And this is, I think, a fun place to start. This is amazing. Because... Uh, I'm so glad this isn't real radio and that Evan can cut this out. (laughs) Thank you, future Evan, for all of your cuts and edits. Thank you. Okay. The Thorn-Hawking Preskill Bet. This is from Wikipedia. So, grain of salt. However... It's I, pretty good. It's 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 gotten a lot better. Very and I know this bet was an actual thing because I saw it in the documentary that I researched for black holes. But um, I don't know. Hopefully the de- they'll get the details right in Wiki. Uh, it was a public bet on the outcome of the black hole information paradox made in 1997. 1997. Wow. By physics theorists Kip Thorne and Stephen Hawking on the one side and John Preskill on the other. Thorne and Hawking argued that since general relativity Relativity made it impossible for black holes to radiate and lose information. The mass, energy, and information carried by Hawking radiation must be new and must not originate from inside the black hole event horizon. Since this contradicted the idea under quantum mechanics of microcausality, quantum mechanics would need to be rewritten. Preskill argued the opposite, that since quantum mechanics suggests that the information emitted by a black hole relates to information that fell in at an earlier time, the view of the black holes given by general relativity must be modified in some way. You know what that means to me? Not Nothing. a whole lot. I mean, I, I'm staring at a wall going, yeah. what do words mean now? Yeah. Um. Oh, I was reading because I was looking at the wrong bet. Oh, That's thank why. goodness. Okay. What's the real bet? Okay. This is the- $1,000. <laughs> well, actually, uh, Hawking's answer to this was actually kind of funny. Okay. This I'm is ready. called the Thorn Hawking bet, which is why the first one I just read, which we'll probably get edited anyway, it's called the Thorn Hawking preschool bet because this was a three guy thing, Gross. and this is that that was a threesome, and this is just a just a, just a twofer. Um, Kip Thorne and Stephen Hawking, uh, an older bet from 1974 about the existence of black holes was described by Hawking as an insurance policy of sorts. This was a should I say it like he would have? No. <laughs> This was a form of insurance policy for me. I have done. I do a pretty good. No. Impression. Okay. I have done a lot of work. I think. It no. Was making, all right. I've done a lot of work on black holes and it would all be wasted if it turned out the black holes do not exist. But in that case, I would have the consolation of winning my bet, which would win me four years of the magazine Private Eye. That was the bet. This is amazing. If, if black holes do exist, Kip will get one year of penthouse. When we made the bet in 1975, we were 80% sure that Cygnus X1 was a black hole. By now, I would say that we are about 
95% certain, but the bet has yet to be settled. That was from A Brief History of Time in 1988. Now, since then, they were able to prove that Cigna 5, uh, Cigna X1, excuse me, I'm thinking of a Star Trek reference is where That's, I got that confused. I, I forgive you. Thank you. I know you knew that. Yeah, I know all about Star Trek. This is SETI Alpha 5. We're at the con. Right over. Um, uh, in 1990, um, Stephen Hawking actually snuck in to Thorne's office and left his thumbprint uh, on something in his office that was right next to the vet, basically, and signed it. Had Probably had someone sign it for him. Basically stating, he probably did. Basically stating that uh, it had been proven and that Thorne won the bet. And then he says uh, that... Uh, in, in the documentary I saw, they interviewed Hawking, and then he mentioned that. So I sent him a one-year subscription to Penthouse. Amazing. I love the I love hearing those aspects of astrophysicists' personalities and scientists' personalities. I mean, they're just people. They're not all just bow tie wearing white coat toting men. Yeah. They're like, we're gonna make bets about things. Yeah, we're gonna talk about sex. Gross. But so they so they were proving in like the nineties that black holes existed. Yes. I think the theory had been around obviously for a while. Whoa, yeah. So like all the information I have, I guess, is like post nineteen nineties then. Well, I mean the I think I think a lot of people and, and please, God, whoever's listening to this, correct me if I'm wrong, because some of this is speculative. But yeah. I think a lot of people Thought they existed. Yeah. Thought that there's good reason to think they would exist. Like, I, mean, I have a, a little dude, uh, Carl's Schwarzschild, uh, was the first to use Einstein's revolutionary equations and show that black, hole, black holes could form. Yes. And he accomplished this in the same year that Einstein released general relativity in 1915. Oh, yeah. What the fuck am I thinking? John Mitchell couldn't have gotten anything from Einstein. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But I think he was like the precursor. He was like, yes, I think that's that these what I happened. And then once Einstein showed yeah. up, they were just like, oh, yeah. could it be? And then from Schwarzschild's work came the Schwarzschild radius, which is the measurement of how small you'd have to compress an object to create a black hole. Yeah. Yeah, which is amazing. We'll talk it about is. that in a little bit. But um, And black holes didn't get their universal name until the 60s, until 67. Yeah. And it's it's it makes sense if you think about it, especially from where Einstein is concerned, because if you imagine Einstein's gravity being that sheet we discussed in a prior yeah. episode, mm-hmm. that sheet is space-time. If space-time can physically bend, then it can break, or it can bend down to the smallest uh, uh, interior of itself yeah. and what would be the repercussions of that. The problem is when you say there's something out in space that's darker than the darkest thing you've ever seen and look through a telescope, you're like, I don't, I don't see shit. Right. I think, yeah, like I think of it as like that, okay, I, I have a little like explanation here. Yeah. So like once something crosses, okay, <laughs> read, read, Stop, rewind, re-record. <laughs> Scientists believe that black holes are formed when the corpse of a massive star yes. collapses on itself. And it becomes so dense that it warps the fabric of space and Absolutely. time. And once something crosses the event horizon, so it's basically like the little like archway, like the little like, okay, I could go back. I could go back. Oh, gosh, there's no going back yeah. now. <laughs> like that area, um, that's basically where gravity overcomes the momentum of the material spinning around it. Um, it is pulled into the black hole. So yes. like what we were talking about 
maybe two episodes ago about mm-hmm. those little like funnels mm-hmm. where you have like you have the, the coin. coin spin yeah. around and you're just like oh yeah I'm at the science center yeah. the coin is going and going and going and going and it's like it passes the event horizon yes. it's like oh nope I'm going in I'm yep. going in this hole it's happening and just um, imagine if yeah. you reached your hand in there to pick up that coin and your hand then got sucked in too mushed there in was there. no power on earth that we know of or in space that could pull itself out of the gravitational pull of a black hole yeah. once it got you, once you got past the event horizon. It's amazing. But then the other thing is, well, well so let, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's let's get in a little bit more detail about the creation, and then we can talk about how they were discovered. Let's do it. So what is theorized is exactly what you said, uh, that stars that go supernova or get to the point where the nuclear forces inside them can't resist their own gravity anymore they sort of collapse upon themselves and yeah. become dark stars. Yeah. And that means all the gravity that was already in there being held at bay by all that nuclear power is now just so massive. The the more the more massive the uh I'm so organized. I love your notes. <laughs> hey, like I have I I like literally have a list of like things about black holes that I'm just like scrolling through. I'm just like, "What well, we'll talk about this and then maybe this next." I know it's difficult. Yeah, there's a lot of junk. And again, I was worried I wouldn't have enough to fill an hour. It was easy to find enough to fill an hour. Oh yeah, there's so much stuff. So the nuclear bo- the nuclear core holds the gravity at bay. Nuclear fuel runs out, so it crashes. In, uh, da, 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 da. This is why I never did well in school. You did great in school. No, I, I actually did not. Oh, but you're you're I great barely now. Barely passed high school. Oh, okay, so the the Starks the star implosion starts and all the atoms all the atoms are squeezed into a super dense subatomic particles called neutrons and so the smaller versions of black holes are called neutron stars because there are actually a lot of different types of black holes in order to be considered a black hole you have to be a certain size oh well i found that like black holes can actually be any size oh really that like a black hole can be like scientists think that the smallest black holes are just as small as like an atom that's really interesting "Mm -hmm." and that black holes can be very tiny but it can have the mass of a large mountain so it's kind of like what you're talking about that star just goes yes absolutely it can be like super but like the ma- it has to have enough mass. That's really interesting that you be found that because what I found was that there are different types of dark stars, neutron stars, whatever you want to call them, yeah. that don't officially sort of get called by a lot of astrophysicists black holes <gasps> until they get to a certain size. Oh, now, that may be a thing, though. Yeah, you're right. They may. But it if may you be found like, the exact opposite well, information, that's I, interesting. I don't know that it has to do with like size. It probably has to do with mass. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like if it's like not massive enough, right? Then it's like, oh, it's not going to be a black hole. Oh yeah, because but the, if it has the like enough mass, count well the size of the star before it got reduced. Yeah. So I think that that's what what my my person was saying, like, oh, it's as small as an atom. And I'm like, right. okay, cool. Well, atoms can, like, be very different masses. Well, this is what I found. This is when they classify something as a black hole. When a neutron star three times heavier than our sun, <gasps> then, and the neutron, then that, that becomes a black hole. Right, because our sun will never become a black hole. No, it's too small. It's just not, it's a baby star. It's a little bitty thing. But it's gigantic. But I did find something else. Okay. Go for let it. me let me tell you. Oh, I would love to um, hear. <laughs> I found it. I found it in my notes. Um, so you know how we were talking about like that space time sheet? Yes. That Einstein has. So like black holes are literally 
pulling the space that is around yes. them. Yes. So like if you, again, we go back to like that bed sheet yes. of like time. If you place an object on this sheet, it sinks a little bit. So the more massive the object you put on the sheet, the deeper it sinks. Yes. And the sinking effect distorts the grid lines or like, yes. you know, the little like lines in space time. So if there are lines all over this bed sheet, if it was like a plaid yeah. bed sheet, um, there it's, so it makes like the time, the space time curved. Mm-hmm. And so the, think of like the deep, well that you make in space it just distorts space and time and those like deep wells are the black holes and like yeah like light can't climb back out of this well right like that's the problem like light is like i'm traveling along and then it just like falls into this hole and it's like oh hi what's up that's the that's the most amazing thing to me is that one of the reasons that black holes are as dark as they are is because the gravity in a black hole is so powerful light can't even escape it yeah. It's not just the fact that it's out there in space. It's the fact that it's the darkest dark you've ever seen because there's literally no light that can like, survive. And we, like, can't even, like, see it. No. I don't even know that, like, our eyes... It's kind of like when you turn off the lights in, like... Well, if, like, you go in a cave. Yeah. I did this one time. <laughs> Sidebar. Um, I was at... Um, Hannibal, Missouri. Okay. And that's where uh, Mark Twain supposedly uh, started writing about, Tom uh, Sawyer? you know, Tom Sawyer and yeah. Becky Thatcher down in the little yeah, cage yeah, and living the cave, their lives. Yeah. Um, and they talk like that. And um, <laughs> so I was down in these. This, I like, just, I now want to pause for a second and imagine Mark Twain going to tell his friends about having the idea for Tom Sawyer. Look, here comes Sam. Oh, guys. Oh, my God. I was at this cave in Hannibal. And I had this great idea for a story. Can you imagine, like, okay, there's this kid, he's named Tom, and there's a girl who's named Becky. And they, like, Evan. they like fall into this cave. What are like, you talking about? <laughs> this is the way you described Mark Twain <sighs> discovering the cave and having the idea for Is that what Sawyer. I sound like, Evan? No, no. Moving no, on. no. So, like, we were down in this cave, and they were like, okay, every, and we all had, like, our little lights. And they were like, okay, everybody, turn your lights out. And so we turned our lights out, and it was the darkest, yeah. dark ever and they were like the human like you you would go blind Mm -hmm. within like an hour Mm -hmm. of being down here because your your eye muscles would just be working so hard to find light that they would just atrophy and you'd be like oh now i'm like blind the only time i've ever been in a dark that dark and i've i've talked about i've told the story on bearded ones and lucky 10,000 so i don't know how much detail i'll get into it with you skip it but uh it's a ghost story and it was the darkest dark I've ever been in. That's terrifying. It was pretty fucking creepy. Um, but so there's something I would like to show you. Oh my gosh. To give okay. you a little pop culture education. Oh no. That can also illustrate exactly <gasps> what you just said. Tell me everything. So this is from one of those Treehouse of Horror Simpsons episodes I was talking about. Ooh, okay. In which they sort of do a play on Poltergeist a little bit that they find of... Uh, basically a warp hole in their wall of their house that sucks Homer in and takes him into basically uh, astrophysics equation land. And he accidentally creates a black hole. Oh my gosh. Man, this place looks expensive. I feel like I'm wasting a fortune just standing here. Better make the most of it. Uh... Watch it, Coney! Oops. Do you see a light, Homer? Yes? Move into the light, my son. Homer, this is your physician, Dr. Julius Hibbert. Can you tell us what it's like in there? 
Um, it's like, uh, did anyone see the movie Tron? No. 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 Yes. I mean, I mean, no. No. Well, where's my dad? Well, it should be obvious to even the most dim-witted individual who holds an advanced degree in hyperbolic topology that Homer Simpson has stumbled into the third dimension. Sorry. Here is an ordinary square. Whoa, whoa, slow down, egghead. But suppose we extend the square beyond the two dimensions of our universe along the hypothetical z-axis there. <gasps> this forms a three-dimensional object known as a cube or a frinkahedron in honor of its discoverer. Hey, hey. Help me! Are you helping me or are you going on and on? Oh, right, and of course, within we find the uh, doomed individual. Enough of your borax, Poindexter. Man's life is at stake. We need action. Take that, you lousy dimension! Oh, there's so much I don't know about astrophysics. I wish I read that book by that wheelchair guy. I'll save Homer. All I need is four stout men to work the bellows. No, Pops, it's too risky. For all we know, there could be cubes in there the size of gorillas and other large. Help! I don't have much time. That does it. I'm going in. Oh, no! Cool, man. Oh my god, I'm gonna be stuck into a black hole. I'm gonna be stuck into a black hole. I'm gonna be stuck into a black hole. There's nothing and what's gonna be coming out the other side. I don't know. I'll save you, Dad. I can't get any closer. You'll have to jump. Piece the cake, son. Crack, 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 crack. Well, we hit a little snag when the universe sort of collapsed on itself. But Dad seemed cautiously optimistic. <laughs> Be strong, Marge. I'm sure he's gone to a better place. Ew. This is the worst place yet. an animated interpretation of what might happen if you stumbled into a black hole. I love it. Well, and um, Evan Stur... Evan. Uh, hmm. uh, what's his name? Homer. Homer. There it is. Um, he started doing um, this thing called spaghettification. Yes. Have you heard about that? Oh, yes. Yeah, that like basically if a human... We're, I, I titled this section, You're Tearing Me Apart, Lisa. Um, <laughs> the, this section, that that if you get, like, a human were like, I'm floating in space, I'm, like, near a black hole, that it would literally stretch your body into a long spaghetti-like yes. strand. So that, like, your feet, and then, like, every... It's like if you're a slinky, right? Like, yes. the bottom gets pulled first, and then, like, all of it stretches yeah. out. And it's literally called, like, technically 
spaghettification. Which is awesome. And that'll get into something we can get into later in the episode is what, because based on everything we think we know about black holes, you and I and no one on the planet would survive going into a black hole because it would stretch us into a billion pieces. Yeah. But what if it didn't? It would. It probably would. But what if it didn't? Well, then, like, then if if wishes and eyes were cherries and pies, how does that phrase I go? I have no idea what you're saying if, right now. If maybes and so's were a bunch of roses, there's some- Fool me once, shame on you. No, Fool there's twice, some cute, shame on me. like, old lady saying that's like, well, if it did, then, if like, it doesn't matter. If you sprinkle when you tinkle, be nope. a sweetie, wipe the seedy? That's really gross. You've never heard that before? No, I did not grow up with uh, hmm. people with certain genitalia. Yeah, a friend of mine from I well, a friend of mine from Iowa had never heard that either. It's Probably just thing. a southern thing, yeah. Um, but how? So back to sort of the beginnings of what we <gasps> learned about black holes. Yeah. Back to the whole bit with Stephen Hawking and the Thorn guy. Yeah. Um. So how do we see a black hole? How do we how do we know where a black hole is if you if it's so dark? We can't see it. Well, there's an event horizon telescope mm-hmm. that can that just recently took photos of the event horizon surrounding two black holes. There's one, um, Sagittarius A, cool. is the name of one of the black holes, and the other is a super massive black hole at the center of the galaxy Micer 87, which is 53 million light years away. But it won't be until 2018 before the images are fully developed. So sometime this year, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But <clears throat> as we were talking about earlier, the size of the, how many things can actually, according to Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, who is our god and idol on this show. That's true. Our, um, our holy father. The rarity of an actual black hole is pretty incredible because only one in 1,000, according to him, are massive enough to actually become what we would consider black holes. But there is a black hole they think closer to us than you think. Oh, really? In our own galaxy, even. I think he said it was... Oh, yeah. Let me see. Well, I found that there was, um, it. it's like there, the scientists think that there's a supermassive black hole at the center of nearly every galaxy, including ours. And the black holes kind of anchor galaxies and hold them together in space. Like that's kind of what like is the, 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 the tie for all the galaxies. Yes. And, uh, uh. When we're talking about black holes, uh, I, I'm going to have to, you know, I'll put it in the notes. I'll put it in the notes or I'll edit it into the episode mm-hmm. What, where Neil deGrasse Tyson thinks a black hole in our galaxy might be. We're, we just happen to be far enough away from it to be safe. But yeah. the way you find it, it goes back to that, um, that Sigma X1 Ooh. and how they were able to confirm that it was actually a black hole because what they end up looking for, you can't find the black hole. What you have to find is everything the around it that's being sucked into it. it. But what you so what you do is what they were able to do is they were able to look for stars that are orbiting nothing. So what nice. could possibly have the gravitational pull of twirling that star around? Black hole. They could theorize that it was a black hole, but they still couldn't see it until. They applied x-rays. That's amazing. And x-rays actually show if you had a ball of yarn and you had you just took one strand of that yarn uh-huh. 
and then wrapped it around something like a ball in the middle mm-hmm. and just started rolling that ball as quickly as you could. Mm-hmm. The strand would start expanding, but it would catch the ball of yarn and the ball of yarn would be going around while the strand is moving towards oh, the middle. Right, right, right. So the star is basically being whipped around this event horizon and you can see all the material in the star being sucked into the center and at the center is nothing. That is amazing. So, there you go. Yeah. Black hole. In my notes here, it says the material is orbiting and moving so rapidly around mm-hmm. the black hole that it heats up to billions of degrees Fahrenheit, which can transform mass from the, like, mass, like mm-hmm. that mass is going around, into energy in the form called black body radiation. Yes. Isn't that amazing? So I guess that's what scientists see when they look at black holes. Yeah, we can only see the black holes because we see the radiation and the heat that the black hole, the black hole's gravitational pull is creating. Yes. That blows my mind. Scientists think that that kind of energy could be used to power black hole starships in the future. Yeah. Uh, That would be. That would be amazing. Isn't that awesome? Like, you'd be like, oh, man, I need, like, a, a power power up. And then you're just like, oh, I'm going to swing by a black hole. Yeah. Whoop. Okay, my And we give go. a lot of credit, too, to the people that we know, like Neil deGrasse Tyson, like Brian Greene, you know, Americans, fuck yeah. But in the late eight, in the late 1980s, a Japanese-launched satellite called Ginga. Uh, it was, this is where I got this. Uh, information from about the possibility of a black hole in our galaxy, Mm -hmm. they were able to detect X-rays in in 1989 they reported mysterious X-rays 3,000 light years from Earth. Whoa. 3,000 light years doesn't sound close for a black hole. Pretty fucking close. Kind of eerily close. And so what happens, they believe, is when everything finally breaks down, when when something does get sucked into the black hole, it eventually goes down into the singularity. The absolute end point of that black hole. Yeah. But that, again, is only a theory. How do you prove it? Nothing you send into that black hole could survive for you to collect information. Yeah. I just want to make clear to our audience at home, that black holes don't actually suck stuff. Like, they have a gravitational pull. Right. But stuff isn't just getting, like, vacuumed into the black hole. Right. Like, if, yeah, the, this one um, article I read was saying, if you replace the sun, like, that our sun that we know, with a black hole of equal mass, the Earth mm-hmm. wouldn't just go, like, oh, I'm getting sucked in. It would just, like, keep doing right. what it does. Just keep orbiting it and be like, right. boop-a-doop-boop-boop. But that would never happen because our sun isn't big enough to make a black hole. That's true. So there's that. I knew that. I didn't know that. Well, that's why we're here, listening to the Lucky 10,000. You learn something new with every episode. And while you're here at the Bearded Pods Network, you might want to come and give us some pod love. We're Teddy and the Bassman. We cover all sorts of subjects, speak with tons of interesting guests, and entertain you with a melange of vintage commercials and jingles, and a whole plethora of eclectic music. You might even learn something from us as well. It'll probably be about bondage, but... Teddy and the Baseman. Man! 
But if you put yourself into the middle of the black hole, if, if you you're went like at the, through if, the yeah, event if horizon, you're past the event horizon, yeah, you're you're getting sucked into that. You're hammer. getting sucked in. But I think you're still gonna spiral as you go down, kind of like that coin in the uh, probably in the or like Homer, you just get sucked directly into the middle. Well, if like, we're gonna use like science or Simpsons, we're gonna have to go with the Simpsons, right? They yes, know more because the Simpsons is actually very scientific. They For did sure. their research. God damn it. But then I found something very, very interesting in because because we're we, right now we're talking in very spatial terms. We're talking in very like all this stuff. Gets I think you and I are going to talk hole. about the same thing. But if you think about what Einstein theorized as the gravity of space, basically, mm-hmm. it takes two things, space and time, and yeah. combines them together into space time. So the black hole is not just bending and sucking space. This is a great podcast, actually, to be thinking about, to be talking about on uh, on a Valentine's Day because we're just talking about sucking and holes and all kinds Horrible. of Horrible. And uh, it's also warping time. time. Isn't it amazing? What could that mean? Okay. Um, I have a, a, an example. Yes. So, like... Think about, like, there's this twin X experiment that yes. people, like, refer to often to explain, like, how Einstein's theory of relativity work. Mm-hmm. So, if one twin stays on the Earth while the yes. other one, like, zooms out into space at the speed of light, which yes. is impossible. It's just a thought experiment. Yes. But there's, like, a twin who's traveling at the speed of light. Yes. And then they turn around paradox, and they come yeah. back home. The twin that traveled through space is younger because the faster you move, the slower time passes for time, you. Time passes for you relative to the speed that you are moving. Right. So as you reach the event horizon in a black hole, you are moving at such high speeds that time slows down. Yeah. Which would be pretty awesome. And But also you got to think, if you can move at the speed of light, and then light can't get out of the gravitational pull of the black hole, this is something in the documentary I watched that I thought was very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. So imagine you have a spaceship that has a small probe on it that spaceship stops at the event horizon where the gravitational field of the middle is leaving it alone yeah it discharges a little probe Mm -hmm. that starts to go into the actual hole of the black hole Uh it starts getting pulled in it starts the spaghettification process you watching it on the ship see it move see it move see it move and all of a sudden it stops and just seems to freeze in time in front of you holy moly it's not frozen in time it's been sucked into the middle of the black hole, but because the light also gets sucked in, you can only see how far the light can go to. Oh, my gosh. So you're sitting there watching it going, what the fuck happened, dude? Why are you stopped? And according to physicists, you inside that probe could still look back and see the ship and wave and everything until you're dead. Oh, my gosh. So you're being spaghettified. But because of this whole weird time paradox, light can't go any further than this because it gets broken apart in a weird way. And I and, and I tried to wrap my mind around this because I think I understood what they're saying. It looks like you're still there. Yeah. But you're not. Like the light that you that bounces off of you that says like, hi, that, that we receive that says, oh, an yes. object is visually there. Is really only like the shadow of what was once there. Basically, it's kind yeah. Of like all of like the stars. Yeah. Like all the information that we're getting from like the stars right. at night is really just like the shadows of them. Yes. Fourteen billion years ago. Yeah. Where it's like, oh look, hello planets and stars as they were 
Yeah. 14 billion years ago. What's yeah. good? Oh, that blows my mind. So, it, again, if you could oh make gosh. it into the middle of the black hole, if somehow we could change the laws of physics to where we could survive and go into the black hole, what do you think would happen? Because now time is folding in on itself. It's being bent. It's being warped. Space is being bent and being warped. Could you travel through time? You maybe could. If you could survive going through a black hole, you which could do- again, Which again? What is this again? if? Right like now, it's not there's happen. absolutely no way. No. But maybe some alien species out there, ooh, here comes our alien friend again, lines in a- <laughs> You can survive a black hole. Lands on a farm. Take a cow. Takes a cow, <laughs> gives somebody an ale probe just for fun, says happy Valentine's Day, and oh, by the way, here's how you survive a black hole. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Evan. Hey, Jason Underwood. And if you're enjoying listening to The Lucky 10,000, then come on over to a podcast where nobody's ever getting lucky, ever. Here on The Lucky 10,000, you're here to learn, but with the bearded ones, we're here to make you laugh. And and maybe you'll learn something while you're laughing. Yeah, learn something like about Batman. <laughs> I mean, for we were on a stint of Matlock for a while. I, it was funny to me. Not the, hey, I mean, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, that's not how you sell it. Come anything. on over and listen to the Bearded One podcast, I guess. I yeah, mean, I, I like it. I'd be a shit salesman. <laughs> um, Come buy this car. I mean, I drove it once. You, yeah, probably, you probably wouldn't like yeah, it. You don't want to, <laughs> you yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Fuck this. Don't listen to Bearded One. <laughs> Come on, check us out. Bearded One's comedy podcast on the Bearded Pods Network. Um, Now, Neil deGrasse Tyson uh-huh. on, the, on Cosmos... Yeah. Actually, if you've ever watched Cosmos, it's actually kind of fun because it helps you visualize things because he flies around in this thing it's called the- It still really hurts my brain. Yeah. No, mine too. Yeah. Uh, but it helps. Pictures help. I don't like books with words. I know you don't. <laughs> I like pictures. So he is in this uh, computer graph CGI model of what they call the ship of the imagination. And so in this in this 20-minute segment on black holes, he goes inside one. Like, what could happen? And he, a man who has resisted string theory, purports himself that what if what's inside the black hole... Is it a wormhole? ...is what led to the Big Bang. Well, and I have a little mamma jam right here that I have, like, back to multiverses. Yeah. That there's this singularity at the center of black holes. Yes. And once you get into this singularity, mm-hmm. it just breaks down what we think of as like our laws of physics. Right, exactly. Like they just like they don't go And anywhere. that's why right now we couldn't survive because it goes against everything that happens. Yeah, goes because like our we were like Yeah, we were like tweaked to like because of like the the laws of physics that we yeah. lived in. But Inside this black hole, in theory, mm-hmm. you could change the con- like the conditions of physics and spawn mm-hmm. an entirely new, slightly altered universe. Yes, like that, like back to like that Wonderland bubble world. Yes, where you're just like okay, well, like a new universe could be in there that like has laws of physics that we don't understand. Yes, it's Bizarro World. Yeah. Or it's crazy pencil person world. Or it's like our version, but just like uh, I'm cooler than Evan. I thought that's the version we're living in. Oh, you're right. It is. <laughs> you Look so at much. that. I made a joke. Um, um, but yeah, so that's the really fascinating, interesting thing to think about is that if there were a way to survive it, because right now the only reason we think we can't figure out what's in there is because there's nothing we know of that would survive it. Yeah. But if you could figure something out that could survive it, there are so many 
possibilities. Just now, you cool talked stuff. about wormholes. I think we've got an episode supposedly later in the season that we'll talk about wormholes, but that's basically what a wormhole is, is us figuring out how to use black holes to transport to the Spoiler other side of the galaxy. Alert. Sorry, I I'm got sorry. a little yawn there. And Bruce Willis was a, was a black hole the whole time. Oh, no! But so that's the most fast. I mean, it's all fascinating. Yeah. To, but it's this, it's this great unknown. It's like the real Bermuda Triangle. The real Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, because if you really think about it, the Bermuda Triangle isn't really much of a mystery at all. No. Because for two big reasons, and I was fascinated by this kind of shit when I was a kid. I loved the Bermuda Triangle, the Loch Ness Monster, the all that stuff. Sasquatch. Where I'm still holding out hope on that one. A little Sam Squanch. But um, if you look at the Bermuda Triangle, a lot of ships, a lot of planes disappear in the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Some people think more than average. But if you look at the total traffic in that area, it's actually about average. It's about it's a it's about par. Great. And uh, so, oh, yeah, we'll make it. Okay. <laughs> so it's about par with the normal amount of of disappearances you would have in any other section, percentage wise, right. of the ocean. Pendulette also had a very intelligent thing to say about it. You never hear about trains disappearing. You know why? Because there's not a huge ocean they can disappear into. This is true. You always know where the train wreck happens. Yeah, you can see it. And so, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There there are gas bubbles and things like that that could interfere with people's uh, compasses on their planes. And there's all kinds of things that could go wrong. Next episode's Bermuda Triangle. Bermuda Triangle. Bam, bam, bam. I actually had an uncle in World War II that disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle. Um, Evan, your life is an enigma. Great, great uncle. I never knew the guy, obviously, because I wasn't alive during World War II. It's Um, amazing. Well, yeah, we can talk. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. But to me, that's the fun thing is the thing that is the most captivating about black holes is that that's a real mystery. It is a genuine mystery. It It is. It is something that could be something unlike anything we've ever known or seen before and if we ever get to the point where we can send something down there and figure out what happens our lives would change forever and i think that like black holes are just like things you know like it's not like this like scary thing it's like oh no it's a black hole it's like it's not ever gonna we're not gonna get sucked into one no like earth is not in, in danger of that and also like i think they're just like parts of the universe Mm -hmm. that just happen you know like every galaxy has a black hole um because every star has the potential to be one yeah at least a small version of one at least a neutron star and like the supermassive holes also like give birth to stars like as like stuff gets like swirled around Mm -hmm. the black hole sometimes stuff gets like spat out Mm -hmm. and that like something just like flings off of its gravitational pull and you get like a brand new star and like yeah. a brand new galaxy and something shows up. If you would like to get in touch with us, A, you leave us a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes, regardless of what you say, we'll, we'll read, read it, it on the air. Yeah. And uh, it's Podcast Addict that you can also leave a review on. If we get that, we will uh, read it out on the air. If you would like to get in touch with us and tell us that we're stupid. <gasps> or that we're smart. Or that we're smart stupid, Or that we're smirted, smooted. Then you can email us, lucky10,000 at gmail, or Twitter at, at lucky underscore 10K. Emily, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun too, Evan. I hope you guys listening had a lot of fun, and I hope you got lucky tonight. Bye.
Thank you for being a part of the Lucky 10,000. Email us at lucky10,000 at gmail.com. Find Lucky 10,000 on Twitter at lucky underscore 10k. And visit our podcast network site at beardedpodsnetwork.com. Hey guys, this is Evan from the Lucky 10,000. Oh, hey, this is Emily. From the Lucky 10,000. Oh, also from that. (laughs) And if you can't get enough of the sound of my voice, but you've pretty much had enough of the sound of Emily's voice, why don't you come over and listen to the Bearded Ones comedy podcast? It's an amazing place. Got a lot of Evan, a lot of Jason Underwood. Oh, fuck. I've completely misinterpreted this yet again. We're supposed to be doing a promo for us. Yeah, we are. Ugh. Okay. Hey, this is Evan. Oh, hey. (laughs) Sorry. I should have warned you. Hey, this is Evan. Hey, this is Emily. And if you can't get enough of my voice, but you've had way enough of Jason Underwood's voice, why don't you come on over here and listen to us on The Lucky 10,000? Yeah, I'm a great Jason Underwood substitute. It's true. It's true. I have less of a beard. Slightly. Uh, Only moderately. And this is a podcast that's aiming to teach you something. So maybe you can learn something. We're in the middle of our first season on astrophysics bum, bum, bum. and you'll love it lucky 10,000 bearded pods network that's good and nailed it teddy in the basement hey guys this is evan hey y'all this is emily and we hope you're enjoying the and we hope you're start over <laughs> yep uh, and we hope you're enjoying teddy in the basement as much as we are and if you are come and check out another podcast on the bearded pods network the lucky 10,000 Getting lucky. Getting lucky all over that brain. We're learning so much. Right now, Evan and I are working on learning about astrophysics. We are, and it's amazing. And if you know astrophysics, if you don't astrophysics, uh, listen to us anyway. Either way, it'll be a fun listen. Learn some stuff with us. On the Lucky 10,000. We hope you got lucky tonight. Diary. Well, another Valentine's Day is upon us. The holiday we all know and love, celebrating St. Gertrude, sacrificing himself for his Virgin lover. It always makes me a little lonely. Sometimes I've wondered if I've sacrificed love and companionship for ultimate rule and galaxy-wide murder. True, I could have any female I wanted, because if they say no, I will fry them to a crisp with my lightning from my fingers and crush them under my will. But it would be nice to know what if two of them actually think I'm a good guy. I don't know. It's also a hard holiday on my apprentice, Vader. I always have to be prepared for the call I get from him because he's despondent over losing the love of his life, Padme. It's hard, and I am sympathetic. Until I realized it was my machinations that ended up killing her and maiming him. Whoopsie. I won't tell if you don't. I do like to celebrate the holiday, though. Usually I encourage all my stormtroopers to buy cards and candy for each other from the Verkentine shop I installed in the Death Star. By encouraging them, I mean it's mandatory and they have to spend their Empire bucks they make there. If they don't, well, how many times can you hear a fella go into a psychotic rage before it becomes cliché? But yes, I would kill them all and dance on their bodies. Anyway, I guess that's about all the time I have for today. 
That Vader call should be coming any minute, and I've got a hot tub, some chocolate, and some bubbly to chill with before that happens. Also, a beautiful young Rodian I might actually have a shot with. I've been courting her for a while, and she actually did indicate she thinks I'm a real cool guy to hang with, as she says. Of course, I'm still apprehensive she said that, only because she knew if she didn't, I would rip out her spine. Anyway, happy Verkentine's Day, Palpy.